This is LSE Sportscast. Hi everyone, on this week's episode of LSE Sportscast we'll be talking to the Women's Rugby Club captain, Mariana. Hi Mariana, thank you so much for joining us on LSE Sportscast. You're the Women's Rugby Club captain here at LSE. Thank you very much for being here. Hi, thank you for having me. So you're in your third year at LSE and you're the women's rugby club captain. When did you start playing women's rugby? Oh, so um, I started at LSE when I, when I came to university. So, um, well, I actually had played before uh, when I was very young. Uh, in my school, they had us try out very different sports at one point when I was like 10. And I did play a term of rugby and they, they had all the girls playing rugby as well. So I, I had played briefly for like a couple of months before. Um, but then um, I didn't before university. Um, and so I came to LSC, um, and I used to do gymnastics before, but LSC didn't have a gymnastics society. So I was looking for a new sport. Um, and I saw a post on the, one of the Facebook groups um, that the women's rugby were posting and they looked super friendly and they were super friendly at the, um, at the fair. So I was like, why not give it a go? And it was actually very fun. Um, and so I stayed around. Uh, so that's how I started rugby. And did you, so did you join in your first year then? Was that when you first got into it? Yeah. So I joined in my first year, but I wasn't very committed in my first year. So I joined um, and in the beginning I attended, but then I, I felt very overwhelmed with um, adapting to the university workload. And I felt like I couldn't manage my time and I didn't have time for both. Um, and so I ended up uh, disappearing for a couple of months in the middle of the year. Um, but towards the end of my first year, um, I decided to come back to training. Um, and then I became very committed uh, from then on. How did you get to be club captain then? Is it, I know for a lot of the clubs, it's an election process, but then some societies have like applications. So how did that kind of come around and what made you want to be club captain in the first place? Okay, so we we also operate on the basis of an election. So at the end of Lent term, you can sort of nominate yourself um, and you submit like a poster or a manifesto um, and then we vote. Um, so I actually um, thought about running for a, for a position in the end of the first year, but then because I hadn't been as involved, I felt like I hadn't earned the right to run and have a position on committee. Um, I felt like I needed to prove myself um, first. Uh, and in my second year, I completely dedicated myself to rugby. I attended every practice. I was at every game. I became in love with it. And at the end, and then um, a lot of the older girls started being like, oh, you should think about running for club captain. I think you'd be really good at it. Um, because I initially wanted to go for first team captain. Um, but then they were like, we need someone to take the club forward. Uh, and I ended up running um, 
um, uncontested. So it was just me running. And the reason uh, I also decided to become club captain is because we have uh, a very important match at the end of the year. So varsity, which we play against Imperial. Uh, and it's just the biggest match we play all year. It's very fun. We go to a special venue and I had to fly home because of COVID. So I ended up missing it. Um, oh, no. oh. Yes. And so I think that was the, the thing that really prom prompted me to become club captain is because in my mind, I was like, there's no way that in third year I'm missing anything rugby related. And I really wanted to give back to a club that had given me so much in my journey at LSE. Yeah. 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 Whereabouts are you from then? So you said you flew home. Yeah, I'm from Lisbon, Portugal. Oh, nice. Yeah. Is rugby quite big there? I don't, I don't know. Like, is it a big sport or is it quite obscure? So yes, it's it's it's. So it is big because a lot of I know a lot of it's big among the boys. Basically, there's a big all the boys I went to school with uh, have played rugby at some point in time. Um, I think it's the same as in England. It's a very preppy kids sport. I don't know. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, but like, we're not really good at the elite level. Um, we have a national team, but we don't play in the World Cup because we, we're not good enough to qualify, I guess. <laughs> uh -huh. Do you have a women's national team? Do they compete? Yeah, we do. Uh, I discovered this after I started playing rugby at the LSE. We do have a women's national team and they do compete. But then again, um, we need to improve the level. And yeah, mm. but we do have a women's team, I think. It's not the easiest country for a girl to play rugby in because there's a very specific vision of what, like, there's a very, there's a stereotype that comes with a, a, a girl playing rugby. And because Portugal is a very macho Latino country still, that there's a bit of that part of the culture. Um, so I'm not sure if there's enough incentives for girls to get into the sport in the first place, as opposed to young boys. <laughs> So you mentioned that you first started rugby when you joined LSE, but before that you'd done gymnastics. Had you, had you been doing that from like a really young age? Were there any other sports that you were involved in or, or kept up with? Yes. So I did gymnastics from a very early age. Like I started with in a mommy and me class when I was like one. Um, and I did it up until I was um, 19. So right before I came to the LSE. Wow. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a very long career in gymnastics. Um, and I did other sports alongside it. So I did swimming when I was younger. I did a bit of tennis, a bit of volleyball. Um, I was, uh, my mom really pushed me to do sports. She had one rule. She was, she always said to me, I don't care what you do, but you must always have a sport because it's very important. Um, so yeah, I did gymnastics before joining. Um, yeah, and I, I used to love it. And then, but then I, it was also one of those things where, um, because I did it for so long, I had a really uh, strong connection with my team, my gymnastics team back home. And so I sort of, when I came to the, the LSC in the UK, um, a lot of my friends asked me, oh, why don't you look for a team there? I'm sure you can find something in London. But it was also one of those things that I was very happy to close that chapter with the other team. Um, and sort of start some and try out a new sports. So uh, I'm curious to know because because I'm a master's student, I'm just here this year. Mm -hmm. and so I, I do, I sometimes forget, obviously with COVID, I just think, oh, September and until now. But 
obviously it's been around a lot longer than that and so for undergrads who you've got three years mm. it's been it's affected last year and also this year so I'm just curious to know how how that's affected the club like how it's been operating how it's operating at the moment and what are the kind of challenges that you you faced that that you've had to overcome and how have you overcome them Mm. so we were lucky because we managed to sort of end the season last year with varsity so varsity is sort of the culmination of the lsc women's rugby um year um, and so we were able to have that just before lockdown hit in, hit in the UK. So that was really good. Um, but then, of course, we had the lockdown and we had to, as a committee, to prepare for the new year. And the, the first challenge we faced was funding, actually, uh, because uh, we, as a club, um, have coaches. So proper coaches, certified coaches. We feel like it's very important, given the, the nature of the sport, to actually treat, uh, teach proper technique. Um, and then we also um, book pitches uh, in Regent's Park. Uh, so we train there on Sundays and we pay for those pitches. Uh, and then we also have to cover entry fees for... Um, uh, the Bucks competition, which is the league we play in, and also transportation fees to away games, so to pay for the coaches, the coaches, the buses that take us there. Um, and then what happened with uh, COVID is that a lot of our sponsors with true support because uh, the the recession companies just cannot afford to be handing out money to societies. And what also happened is that the AU got a massive budget cut, so money from that also was cut massively. Um, so that was a big struggle and it still is kind of a struggle, but we're managing to sort of, um, work around that and manage the budget in a way that keeps us afloat for the year, which is good. Um, the second sort of big impact to the club was we were quite scared. We were not going to have the, um, the fresher intake that we usually do because, you know, not girls don't come to university thinking, yes, I'm going to try rugby. You know, it's not the first thing that comes to mind. It's not the first sport that, you know, they're excited to do. So our intake comes from sort of word of mouth and from the freshers fair and from like interacting with, with the freshers. Uh, and we were very scared because freshers fair was online that we were not going to have the exposure we usually do, but we, somehow we still managed to get a really good freshers intake. We were really active on social media and really tried to push it on that front. Um, and so we also managed to get around that. Um, this year in particular with training, um, the difficulty is to make sure training is 100% safe for our members. Um, so we had, um, you know, we have a track and trace in place and we had to figure that out. Uh, also figure out like, the rules and also how to keep to the rules in training and make sure everyone's safe. Uh, but we've been very lucky because we have a coach who also coaches outside of us. It, like uh, it has a club. He's really knowledgeable about the rules and how to operate within them. Um, so very quickly we realized how to do it and how to make everyone feel safe. Uh, and now more specifically in this lockdown, because we're not allowed to train uh, anymore. Um, it's been really about trying to make sure that we're still providing um, supportive community for our girls and our players because the club as much as it is about playing rugby it's also like a big family um, to everyone involved and we wanted and it's been also a challenge of figuring out how to make sure that's still present 
uh, in their lives. When I spoke to um, the netball club captain, she mentioned that they'd been restricted from organising games with other universities because it was outside of LSE. Have you had the same, the same thing? So unfortunately for us, Rugby England has sort of cancelled the season for amateur rugby. Okay. So I don't, I don't think we're allowed to play in the Bucks League. That's the last time I checked. We're allowed friendlies. Okay. Um, that's from Rugby England. Um, the guidance we've gotten from Bucks, which is the organization that runs the like the university league and the league we play in, um, was that they were allowing they they were allowing us to play two games uh, in Michaelmas term, and they were planning to resume competition in the land term. We I'm still waiting to get an update back on what's happening now because it's very confusing and changing all the time. Um, but then the, the, the thing with rugby at the moment is that um, according to England rugby's guidelines, we're not allowed to play contact or train contact. Um, so even in training, we're very restricted to what we can do. Um, and it's been very hard to sort of try and introduce um, to the new girls, especially to contact, because it's something you need to do and you need to do it safely. Um, so we've been focusing on the more backs aspect of the game. So passing the ball and uh, playing touch rugby. Um, but yeah, um, so hopefully we'll, we're hoping to be able to play some friendlies um, in the next term. If everything's, if we're allowed and if it's safe and if we can do it. Mm. That's the thing with, with contact sports, with full contact sports, mm. it's, it must be so hard to, because like the game, you know, the game thing, not being able to play games is one thing, but when you can't even do your full training schedule, it must just be so difficult because especially if you, like you said, you've never played before. And because I, I played women's rugby for two years during my undergrad and I, I'd never played before. And I remember going and doing uh, contact training and being terrified and it all I was doing was running into a big pad like you know even that scared me mm-hmm. and so if you've if you can't even practice doing that yeah when it comes to a game it must just be it must be so daunting not having had that kind of that training but I suppose obviously I mean the good thing about rugby at uni level is because a lot of places do have proper coaches like you do they're obviously going to ensure that everyone's had the training that they need before they're ever in that situation but still it must it must be really hard just on the mindset of thinking um, yes I've been playing or yes I've been training for a year however I haven't done no contact and so that must really have an effect especially on the new girls is that something that you kind of talked about yes I've talked about it with my, with the coaches a lot so we are allowed to do 15 minutes of tackling drills so we can hit the bags and then disinfect them between each player so we have been doing some contact but it's not the same thing as tackling in a game it's a very different mindset mm-hmm. um, and so one of the things that I was very worried from the beginning is that even if we're allowed to play games in the land term like we need to get the girls prepared and that's physical preparation because you know you need to, you're, it's a different feeling for your body and you need to do it safely we need to get them prepared in terms of technique because there is a technique to tackling and to being tackled. And we want to we make sure that they're safe doing it. And also mentally, because it, it takes 
it takes like um you need to get into the mindset of going at someone and knowing that someone's coming at you as well so that's a conversation that we've had with that i've had with our coaches and sort of how can we sort of instill that um especially in our new players and not have a situation where they come in in january and suddenly <laughs> they're playing a game um but yeah it's been it's been tough but i also feel like i trust like we have really good coaches and that's something that I'm very proud of this club is that you know our coaches are amazing and they love they love the team and the team loves them and so they've been really really good at trying to sort of find a way to still introduce the I don't want to say rough mindset but like the the rugby mindset that you need to be in when you're actually playing a proper match. Mm. Yeah it's definitely true like there is the mental element to rugby because <laughs> I remember um, whenever we used to practice uh, contact and training I at the beginning I'd always say sorry after. Yes. I thought, oh sorry and I think it was like the first team club captain said to me you you don't don't say sorry like you're supposed to tackle us and I was like I know but I just feel bad because it's just I usually tackle people day to day do you it's just a, a new yeah. thing I still do it in games um that's what I love about women's rugby is that there's no ego in it. Like even when you play other teams, like like 99% of the teams we've played, everyone's so lovely. And, you know, you're in a game and if someone tackles you and it's a bit of a rough tackle, because um, not tackles aren't perfect and sometimes it's, you know, less pleasant than, than other times. And like a lot of the times the, someone tackles you and then, you know, there's a breakdown and then it, it ends and you're just there staring at each other and they go, oh, I'm so sorry, are you okay? Or like, if you feel like you've hit them, like maybe you've touched the head and you're like, oh, are you okay, are you okay? Like it happens so much in a game and I, I love that, that it like, mm-hmm. and that's what I think people don't understand is that like, it's an aggressive sport, but, but you're not targeting your, like it's not personal, you're not targeting yeah. your aggressiveness at like that specific girl. Yeah. Like There's respect there's lot, there behind. Yeah, there's a lot of respect in rugby. Yeah, yeah. No, it is. Um, it's a. It is a great game to be part of. I. I loved it, and I loved the kind of. The um, sort of the attitude behind it as well. I just found that it was, a very open club, a very open sport. There was no kind of, mm. um, judgment on, sort of how much experience someone had had playing. Everyone was welcome, and. Um, the, the same amount of effort was put into each girl, no matter whether she played for um, an actual club outside of uni as well, or whether she was a beginner. So I, I love that kind of side of it as well. Um, I think it, it's a great one. And I think for any fresher coming in to uni that is looking for sport, that's that's the one that I recommend to for, the, for girls going into first year of uni I'm always like oh if you're looking for sport go to women's rugby because even if you don't have to be the best but you're always going to enjoy it it's a guarantee and and the reason because you know I told you how um I didn't do it for a couple months in my first year when I came back um I think the reason I stayed was because when I came back the coaches like they decided to like okay, so you don't know what's going on, but we're going to, you know, teach you slowly, even though it's midway through the season and we're finishing up. Like, you know, I had like one of the field coaches, like he literally spent one of the training practices. We were playing a game and he was by my side telling me what to do and how to pass. 
And in my, in, in my first game I ever played, I was put on the pitch. I, had, I didn't know positions. I, I had no idea what's going on. People were screaming at me. And I just remember our scrum half taking the ball and looking at me and being like, okay, just run and trusting me that I could just do whatever. She, and, you know, it was those little moments of like trust and belief and working on my skill that got me to stay in the, in the end. And there's a lot of little moments like that in my, in my, in my, there's like um, a great amount of faith put into you. And it, it's funny because I feel like, especially at university, becomes, because teaching becomes so impersonal, it's, not, it's nice to have, so, like, to have your hard work being recognized in, in a way and to have someone tr like have belief that you can work hard and that you have something to bring to the, to the table. Okay, so one of the things with certain sports that are traditionally viewed as masculine sports, such as rugby, is that there is a particular stereotype of the women that play the sports that comes out of it. I think that is strongest in women's rugby just because of the nature of the sport, how, um, how the, the contact is within the sport. What are your kind of thoughts on the stereotyping of women, particularly in rugby? Yeah, um, it's 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 a very like tough question because still to this day, when I tell people, "Oh, I play rugby," "Oh, you play rugby," that 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 that's the reaction. Mm. Um, and unfortunately, there is a very clear like when you mention a woman who plays rugby I, I think there is a sort of stereotype and picture that people have in their minds I think it sort of ties into the idea that you know women should look and appear a certain way and sort of like you don't expect a, a woman to be overly strong and that even is showcased in a lot of other sports so if you look at gymnastics for example artistic gymnastics so men's artistic artistic gymnastics is sort of designed in a way to showcase strength whereas um women's artistic gymnastics is sort of more geared towards flexibility elegance um you know and when um and when um um, an athlete like Simone Biles, I don't know if you know who she is, but she's like the Olympic gold medalist comes in and she's a very strong athlete. And she sort of is challenging that perception that, you know, women's gymnastics needs to be graceful and beautiful. Like, no, she's like doing, exactly. No, she's like, no, I'm strong and I'm powerful and I'm going to do that. You know, and, you know, people, you know, we're still breaking barriers in all kinds of sports. And with women's rugby, what happens is that it's a sport that it's violent and that it's in your face and, you know, and people just don't, it's, it, it ties into the idea that women are just not perceived in that way. And it, it's also sad, the fact that you can't just do your own, do your life and also play rugby. Why must it overcome your personality? Like, why must it define who you are as a woman, the fact that you play rugby? Yeah. It's like, kind of, it's just so shocking that people yes. just can't get over it. And it's like, exactly. it's really a big deal. It's just something that I enjoy, you know? And all of, all of the girls in the team, everyone's so different and everyone's has their own thing going on. And we have all kinds of personalities, all kinds of sizes, all kinds of people with different interests and, you know, and 
so to me the person who makes that judgment um is just not like is just not thinking properly and it's mm. you know and there's two ways you can go about it you can like try to change their mind and inform them or sort of decide that it, there's no point um but yeah but i do think it is changing because i do think um most of the people they do have that initial reaction but they go, get over it very quickly mm. and yeah. if they don't then there's no point i guess mm. yeah it's um i think one of the things that is the issue is that just in general people are sort of taught that men's sport is worth more and so people don't pay as much attention to women's sport and therefore they just don't know as much about it and so because a lot of the questions I got were like oh but it's just it's like tag rugby though isn't it and I was like no full contact mm-hmm. you know so you oh so you tackle people yeah like yeah. it's rugby it's you know rugby union but and do you play 80 minutes yep 80 minutes same size pitch all the tackles everything is the same people just don't know what to expect and I think that comes from just being not being aware and not being as clued up on on women's sport as they are on men's sport and I think now especially I would say sort of in the last 10 years especially in the UK I think people have become more aware of women's sport especially as our national teams have been very successful in in rugby and in football Um, and in netball as well we've got very successful women's sport teams and I think people are becoming more aware of it and they're recognizing that it's just as exciting Mm -hmm. it's just as fun and you feel that feeling you get when you have your team and you're supporting your team you get that same feeling even if it's a woman that's playing and I think people are starting to recognize that a lot more and and hopefully that will continue it will continue to go in that direction as well i wanted to ask about um mental health in sports so that was something we've talked about on the other in the other episodes Mm. and i mean we've kind of touched on it a little bit already just in terms of of kind of the supportive nature of being in in a team sport um but could you like elaborate a bit more on that in regards specifically to lse rugby in terms of i mean obviously it can be a great outlet for people it gives people a chance to just forget about things that are worrying them or troubling them or stressing them out gives them an opportunity to talk to people who understand maybe what they're going through is that something that you found with your members yes so the first thing i like to say is that i think there's not enough recognition to the role that sports play in students well-being in university um i think that goes for all clubs i think a lot of the student satisfaction there's this thing that I say with my friends is that like a lot of the student satisfaction at LSC comes from the athletics union and the communities there. And I think that should be more acknowledged and more talked about first, first of all. And then the second thing that I've found is that I stopped, I, I, be, I started to cope better with all the stresses of LSC and university when I committed to rugby and when um, I started to 
come to every practice and come to every game. And that's for several, for several reasons. The first one is because it's sort of a break in your week. I find personally that, you know, especially with rugby, because um, on Wednesdays we travel to the LSE sports grounds and that's in zone five south of London. So it doesn't look like London and it's just nice to have a break. And then it's also a moment, especially with rugby, where you're just focusing on the game and what's happening there. Um, everything else is forgotten. And then what I think is particular to rugby is that because of the nature of the sport, and this is something that I think is quite hard to understand if you haven't played it, but what the sport is, is that you're being asked to run at people, knowing that you're going to get put to the ground. And you're, you're being asked to run at people to put them to the ground. You know, it is, it is as rough as it sounds. And the only reason you have the courage to do that is because you have someone behind you screaming, I'm with you, I'm with you. And if you fall, they're there to protect you. That's, that's literally the basics of the sport. And what it does is that it creates a special kind of bond with those people in a sense that there's this sort of unsaid agreement that I'm there for you no matter what happens. So it creates this this sort of community of people who will always be there for you with no judgment, with no questions asked. Um, and that is, I, I found, and I've played gymnastics and I've played volleyball and other sports and I, I, I've never found that sort of community feeling anywhere else. Um, and, you know, even with people that I'm not particularly close on the team, because, you know, you're always closer with other other people I feel like I could always drop them a message one day and they will be there and it's quite a special special feeling and with with the club in general what the general consensus and the feedback that we get from you know alumni and members is that you know the this family aspects of the club has been really really important in their LSC experience and in helping them cope with um, the quite intense side of LSE, which LSE is very, very intense. Um, I wanted also you to tell me a bit more about um, the game you played with the poor weather conditions. Yes. <laughs> this was um, in Lent term, in the second term last year. Um, and we went all the way to Reading University to play them. It was like three degrees. It was so muddy. Uh, like it was muddy, so it had rained. Um, so it meant that the, the, the ground was soaked and it, because it was cold, it was quite, it was like freezing water. So we were soaked, but in freezing temperatures. Um, I had like skins, so I had like um, a Nike base layer uh, on, which is usually what I play with. And I had played in similar temperatures, but I, yeah it was very very cold and then we started and i was just freezing i couldn't feel my fingers i couldn't feel my legs but all like the rest of my teammates were fine having the time of their lives happy because rugby is funny better in the mud which i agree it's it's better to play rugby when it's muddy but i was just not enjoying myself and it was the first game of the whole year that i was miserable um because yeah i was and it was mostly mental because I had gone into um, a point where I was like, oh, I'm too cold, I'm too cold, I can't play, I can't play, this is bad, I'm going to get injured because I'm cold and I'm not warm enough. And, um, and, and then I sort of got to the stage where I realized that it was a mental block 
So I was like kind of overthinking it to the maximum. Um, and my, my coach kind of realized that it was just a mental, a mental thing. So he refused to, he was like, oh, you're fine. You're fine, right? You're not injured. You're, you're not, okay, so you're going to continue to play. Um, kind of that was his attitude because he was like, you're still playing okay. You're still doing a decent job, even though you think you're, you're not able. So we're going to, we're going to, you're just going to play. Uh, <laughs> we didn't have this conversation, by the way, that, that was like, he just, just like, no, play. Um, and it got to a point that I was crying on the pitch um, in my first team. Yeah, I was crying because I was like, I was, it was a mixture of being cold and being mad at myself and sort of frustrated at myself. And that had never happened to me in any sport the, to get to that point of mental, like, like, yeah. And my, to the point that my, my first team captain was shouting at me like, get off the pitch, what are you doing? No, 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 like, this is unsustainable. Um, but I played the whole game and then it ended and I ran to the locker room, like literally just ran to the locker room because I was like shaking. And then I realized I finished and I was like, no, I actually, that was fine. I survived. Um, and it was one of those moments that I came away so grateful for like having played and having like surpassed that moment of slight panic and slight um, discomfort even. Um, and I don't think I've ever had like that transformative moment in gymnastics or in every, you know, to pass the mental block like that and to sort of, you know, and, it, and, the, and the funniest thing is I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't miserable because I was being tackled or because someone hit me hard. That was fine. I was miserable because of the weather, which is the most like stupid little thing. But it's one of my fondest memories of, of playing in second year, definitely. I feel like anyone who's ever played rugby, every single person has a weather-related story. I remember, I mean, I didn't play very many games when I was playing, but I remember one of them, it was freezing. And we got to the pitch, it was, we shouldn't have even played probably, it was waterlogged. We, before we even started the match, we had to go and pick up dog poo that was on the pitch before we played because we were all like no I'm not I'm not rolling around in dog poo no no and then we started playing and the heavens opened it started hail stoning and it was it was like needles going into your skin it hurt so much so we were in pain as we were playing and then this guy was it was a pitch but in the middle of a bigger field and there was this man walking two dogs and I don't know what possessed him but he decided it would be a good idea to let his dogs off the lead and obviously we were playing a game with a ball and they just swarmed the pitch these, these two dogs were just running around the pitch whilst we were trying to play this game of rugby we had to like halt the match and be like to this guy what what are you doing put your dogs on the lead we're trying to play rugby or it was just it was a disaster. One one of our girls, um, she had to go to hospital. She got quite. She was okay in the end, but um, I think she I think she dislocated her kneecap or something because it was so muddy. Like her boot just got sucked into the mud, and then she was tackled. It it was just 
it was the worst game, honestly. And we lost like 55 nil or something as well. <laughs> it was, we didn't even score a single point. And um, yeah, it was just, oh, it, it's something I'll never forget. Um, but then at the same time, when you're in it, it's, it's awful. And you're thinking, oh God, I don't want to be here. But as soon as it's over, you can then sit and laugh about it and just think, oh gosh, that was just so, that was so tragic. <laughs> Thank you so much, Mariana, for joining us on the LSE Sportscast. It's been great to talk to you. Yeah, it's been great to talk. It was really nice. Thank you very much for listening to the third episode of LSE Sportscast. The fourth episode will be out on Monday.